Good morning, Merlin. Thanks very much for having me on camera this morning. Uh, so my name is Andrew Bennett. I'm the CEO of Jersey Oil and Gas. Uh, we're an oil and gas company that's based in the North Sea, in the UK North Sea. Uh, we're focused in one area. It's called the Breda Bucken area that we've been uh, putting together, uh, assembling an asset base in, in the heart of the central North Sea uh, over the last few years. And last year was a, a, a critical year for us in which we achieved a double farm out. So we brought uh, two other partners to uh, highly credible oil and gas companies uh, to come and join us in unlocking the considerable value that exists within the Greater Bucken area. Andrew, the, the Greater Bucken area, that's where your your main asset is. Tell me just a little bit about it, because there'll be lots of people who are new to Jersey Oil and Gas. Um, before we get into the detail of farm outs and uh, you know how the company plans to develop it, can you just tell me what is the Greater Bucken area? Sure. Well, let me tell you the, the history of the company. So uh, I co-founded the business in 2015, and we went out on a journey to look for opportunities. And we came across a, a company that was uh, challenged. It was uh, potentially moving towards administration. It was a, it was on AIM, uh, and that's how we ultimately got our listing. And, and it was a company called Trap Oil. Uh, and and we, we cleaned up the portfolio, removed economic liabilities from some loss-making production that they had, uh, and we recapitalized the business, and we inherited a portfolio of exploration opportunities. Uh, and we quickly identified uh, the jewel in the crown, so to speak, and that was an exploration play uh, that was uh, just north of the Bucken oil field, and it was, it was an exploration prospect called Verbier, uh, which we uh, ultimately farmed out to... Uh, Norwegian oil company, uh, Equinor, uh, and we had an exciting ebb and flow of exploration uh, successes, uh, followed up by an appraisal well, which was dry, unfortunately. Uh, we took an opportunity at that time uh, to remain in the area, uh, so we acquired out Equinor's interest, uh, and we had an opportunity to uh, license up the Bucken acreage, which sits just a few kilometers to the south of, of Verbier, uh, and we were delighted in 2019 to secure uh, inner license rounds, uh, the buck and oil field. Uh, and so that uh, changed us overnight from uh, a early stage exploration uh, company into a, a company with a, a significant development opportunity uh, in the heart of the Central North Sea. Because, uh, it's, because the buck and oil field uh, is a when you say it's an oil field, but it's a past producer. It's a past producer. It's it's significant in its size. Uh, so it was it was discovered originally in the in the 1970s. Uh, BP put it on stream in in 1981, uh, and it produced uh, amazingly for 36 years. Uh, BP originally thought it was uh, going to produce around 50 million barrels, and 36 years later, it was still producing, and it produced 148 million barrels. Uh, and and the reason why it stopped production in 2017 was because the uh, topside facilities that we used to produce the oil uh, were 36 years old. They'd uh, uh, they failed their safety case and had to be removed and decommissioned. And so they were removed and decommissioned by uh, the then operator. Uh, and then the license uh, th was handed back to the to the government, and we had an opportunity to to license it up. Uh, and we've done extensive subsurface uh, work on on the, on the project, uh, and uh, there's a a very material remaining amount of uh, uh, amount of oil uh, that's yet to be produced out of Bucken. 
Uh, and this is a this is a conventional development. We're not looking yeah. at uh, at anything uh, uh, un- technologically uh, complex or, or, uh, or you're not fracking. Uh, we're not doing any of that. Uh, what we are simply doing is 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 drilling five. The development plan is to drill up to five um, deviated uh, production wells into the crest of Bakken, uh, and then uh, use as a very significant aquifer. Uh, uh, underneath the Buckham Reservoir, uh, the, where we plan to drill two water injectors uh, and use that to repressure the Buckham Reservoir and produce out the remaining oil. Uh, so to date, it's only produced 29% of, 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 of uh, its recoverable oil. How, when you said that uh, when production ended because the floating vessel, floating production vessel, the FPV, was uh, exhausted or kind of worn out or corroded or end of life or didn't meet safety regulations, whatever, you said that there was a considerable amount of oil left in Bakken. Um, what was that number and has that number changed since you've been working on it? The operator uh, and we're uh, working now with uh, Neo Energy, uh, and 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 most recently we uh, farmed out uh, an equity interest to Serica Energy. Uh, we're all very much aligned around uh, a number of about seventy million barrels of of remaining oil uh, yet to be produced out of Bakken. Has that changed? Did you, did you do kind of um, uh, exploration work or reevaluation, or, or was that a number that you inherited from the previous operator? And have you just kind of so confirmed been, that? There's been a number of studies done uh, on 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 what uh, remaining oil is there, and and there are a number of uh, different studies relating to that. I mean, ultimately, it does uh, depend on what development solution you use, uh, and so key to uh, the um, uh, the farmat process that we went through, um, we we set about looking at uh, how to engage with industry. I mean, it was key from us as a as a, a relatively small oil and gas company sitting on a very material asset, uh, that we needed uh, funding support from industry. Uh, and so our engagement strategy was going out to a number of different uh, operators in the North Sea and, look, and, and, and look, talking to them uh, about how they would look to develop the project. So with, within, so Buchan being in the heart of the center of North Sea, surrounded by... Um, a significant amount of infrastructure so there were opportunities to maybe tie it back to existing infrastructure or as the development solution that we've now alighted on uh, of redeploying uh, an FPSO which is a, a floating production storage uh, an offtake uh, boat um, and 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 that is the solution that we're now taking forward so we, we announced in November last year uh, securing this FPSO uh, and 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 that that is now you know based on that development solution, um, our our estimate on the remaining oil is is around seventy million barrels. And you s- said earlier that kind of only twenty nine percent of the the kind of the oil in place had been recovered. So there was by inference there's seventy one percent which is uh, still there. Um, and you're using this kind of um, repressurized aquifer to drive to kind of to elevate the the, the, the pressure yeah. in the in the uh, in the reservoir um, is that kind of standard practice I in how much uh, you know of that 70 million barrels is that kind of a, in line with benchmark what's happening in other areas of the North Sea in terms of kind of the available oil recoverable oil of the total kind of oil in place so so uh, the the Buck and oil field is a 
is a plastic reservoir. It's Devonian of age. Um, that is um, fairly unusual in the North Sea. Uh, so, so it's quite a, it's quite an, a, a, a unique um, uh, reservoir in that respect. Uh, there are other uh, analogs um, uh, to the north. Uh, there's, there's there's a field called Clare, uh, which is um, produced by BP. Uh, slightly different. Uh, it's it, it's uh, more compartmentalized than uh, than Bucken. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, you know, Bucking is a is a fairly uh, typical. It's a it's a fractured reservoir. We feel that or, or we our, our subsurface uh, um, uh, work um, has indicated that uh, with effective water injection, uh, we can we can uh, get the recoverable oil up to a little over fifty percent. Uh, and there are plenty of fields in 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 the North Sea. Uh, where recovery rates are, are, are well north of 50%. Okay, so it's a pretty kind of conventional development, uh, even though there are not many of those Devonian, Devonian um, reservoirs in the immediate vicinity. Correct, yes. And um, kind of just sticking with the kind of the technical plan and the development plan, um, you've signed out these, you've got these two farm outs, and we'll come on to the kind of commercial terms in a bit. But uh, talk me through the timelines from here and what happens and what are your um, staging posts, the milestones towards production? Uh, okay, so uh, w- one, of the, one of the benefits is that uh, we, we spent, since licensing it in 2019, we've spent a lot of time uh, working up the, the, the concept select uh, for uh, taking this project forward. Uh, and then uh, when we uh, brought, when we farmed out to NEO in, in, uh, in April last year, uh, they came in and could hit the ground running, and and we definitely had a, a development plan already um, uh, in in tow, and and so uh, you'll have seen in in November last year we announced the um, securing terms to acquire uh, an FPSO, and and that FPSO is currently on station. It's on another field in the North North Sea, uh, which is called Western Isles, uh, and and the operator of that is called Dana Petroleum. Uh, and in fact, Neo Energy is a is a partner on that field. So, so that they 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 know the FPSO uh, with uh, with a significant amount of detail, uh, very comfortable with it. Uh, and it's a young FPSO. It, it it's it started operating life in 2017. So it's it's only been operating as a, as a new uh, FPSO since uh, for the last six years. Uh, so it's in great shape. Uh, it's 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 very well suited for uh, the buck and redevelopment uh, in terms of its uh, its technical technical uh, capabilities. Uh, so, so um, I think that's a a critical piece of the story is is the uh, the infrastructure and and the re- redeployment of that infrastructure over Bucken. So, we're, a lot a lot of the uh, development uh, uh, timeline can be at risk when you're when you're building new infrastructure. Uh, and so the fact that we've, we're redeploying this existing infrastructure and the relatively modest modifications that are required with it uh, give us a lot of confidence that that uh, we can meet the uh, development uh, plan. So to answer your question, uh, <laughs> the development plan is uh, we're in the feed phase right now. So that's the front end engineering and design phase. So we've gone through concept select. Uh, we've secured the uh, the terms to acquire the FPSO, uh, and then we submitted the draft field development plan 
in December last year. Uh, and then importantly, we, we submitted the environmental statement uh, in January this year. And so that sets the clock uh, for uh, securing FTP approval. Uh, and we're targeting later this year for uh, securing development approval. And then we go into the development phase and uh, the FPSO will go into a dock. Uh, there's relatively light modifications around uh, the water ejection handling capacity and importantly, the electrification uh, of, of the FPSO. So part of our plan uh, is to make this a, a low carbon um, production um, project. Uh, and so we will make the FPSO electrification ready. Uh, and then uh, when, when there is a suitable green energy in the vicinity, uh, we'll be able to power it. And the plan is to power it with offshore wind. Uh, and there's, there's a license round that the Crown State Scotland launched last year uh, that uh, there's two um, opportunities of, to build floating offshore winds within 30 or 40 kilometres of Buchan. Uh, once those are operational, we can literally plug in uh, and power the FPSO with, with, with green uh, offshore wind energy. Uh, and, until so, then it, and until then, it'll be powered by diesel generators on board. Correct. Yeah, which are already obviously on 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 on, and, on board, and yeah. so they'll be able to um, power the FPSO when the wind's not blowing. Uh, well, so the backup will actually be uh, the offshore wind farms will have a grid connection, and so you can bring in grid power when the wind is not blowing. So you always have the backup of of being able to power it. And yes, as a as a as a third to back up, you've got belt and braces. Yeah, um, they're actually um, gas generators. Uh, but um, right. Anyway, so uh, so that's the plan. So so the development timeline is actually really quite quite short. Uh, so if we secure FDB approval this year, we're looking at first oil in late 2026. Uh, and, okay, so and the main um, what's the risk? Um, what's the what's the um, the mood music around FDP approval? Um, because um, uh, every man and his grandson is kind of up in arms about um, um, oil and gas development, um, but there's also on one you know there's a there's a small part of the kind of the, 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 the rational brain of the economy of the British Isles that still thinks that we need energy, um, reliable energy. Um, so there's kind of a, there's a, there are a few few functioning neurons uh, um, still in there. Um, does that mean? that the approval process is um, subject to the kind of the court of public opinion, or is it a kind of a more streamlined um, and perhaps a rational approach? There is a rational way of, of, of going through. Uh, there are uh, government bodies. Uh, you have the NSTA, uh, North Sea Transition Authority, uh, that regulate the licensing of, uh, of uh, offshore oil and gas. Uh, you have OPRED, and uh, OPRED is is key uh, a key government department that is um, tasked with with going through the environmental statement that we've w that we've just lodged. Um, so there are there are there is a tried tested way of going through uh, field development approvals. Uh, yes, it's it, it's interesting. There's a lot of noise and uh, it, it, you know politically, uh, socially uh, about the relevance of oil and gas. Uh, my simple answer to that is that homegrown energy is better than imports, uh, and whilst there is still demand for hydro. Um, so, Andrew, when when I look at um, Jersey oil and gas now, and we're looking forward to uh, production at some 
point in the future. Uh, can you give me the timelines and kind of the key milestones, what needs to happen between today and uh, oil flowing, the molecules flowing? Sure. Okay. So, so one of the great advantages is that we've been working on this uh, since we got licensed it in 2019. And, uh, and so we did extensive work on the concept select and uh, and then when we farmed out to to Neo, who are now the operator uh, and in charge of taking the project forward, uh, they were able to hit the ground running. And 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 so uh, when in November last year we we announced the uh, securing of the FPSO, uh, that's really helped set the timeline. So in in December last year we submitted the uh, draft field development plan to the NSTA. Uh, and January this year, we submitted the environmental statement to OPRED, uh, and 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 now we're in 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 what's re- referred to as the feed phase, so the front end engineering and design phase, and that takes up to uh, the point of FDP approval. And and our plan is to uh, secure FDP approval in the latter half of this of this year. Uh, once we've secured the FDP approval, and then we start the clock on actually developing, um, and. Often uh, the risk associated with the development phase is is, is the uh, time it takes to, to build the infrastructure. The good news in our case is that we are redeploying existing uh, infrastructure that that uh, is, is already built, and so so the timelines are, are, are uh, what, what we can be much more com- confident on. And there's a relatively short timeline from FTP approval to first oil, in which we're targeting late 2026 in which the bulk of the work is really the uh, the drilling of the wells, uh, drilling of the water injection and the hookup to uh, the FPSO. Uh, so, so, just, so just just reading that back to you, it um it sounds like the you've got one year of um kind of desktop stuff which is the um the engineering of the, the feed study plus the approval process. So 2024 is approvals and final final details and then it's a two year uh, kind of development 2025 2026 yeah that's right and so so you you'll see in in our most recent presentation that we've con- we secured all the main contractors for the feed phase and we're working through with them right now uh and 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 then uh we will um contract the uh the actual development uh, work uh, at the point of FTP yeah. normally in the resources sector there are kind of uh, long delays and uh kind of uh, capital overshoots it, because you've got an existing F, um, FPSO, it seems as if the kind of the technical side of thing is um, t- technical side of things is slightly uh, de-risked. But come, let's come back to the kind of the first year, which is the the approval process. Uh, you need to get your field development plan approved, and you need to get your environmental sign off. Is there a risk in that? You know, have in this. Um, kind of uh, slightly anti-oil and gas environment in which we find ourselves, uh, are there any precedents of other field development plans and environmental approval, um, uh, environmental impact assessments kind of being approved by government to give you confidence that it can happen within one year? Yeah, so, so last year there were, there were seven uh, projects that were, were uh, FID'd uh, and, and, and there's a very tried and tested process for going through that. Uh, I think it's it's fair to say that um, uh, the, uh, the the current government is is uh, is is very supportive of getting uh, FTPs approved, and um, the uh, potential for government change. Uh, it's been very clearly stated by Labour that they do do not plan to revoke any licences. Uh, we have an existing 
set of licenses uh, that's uh, that uh, with that the Greater Buchan area are within, uh, and so there is a there's a very tried and tested path for securing FTK approval on this. But it would still give you comfort to get it before the November election. And and we're working at pace uh, uh, on that right now. Uh, and and you know it's it's one of the great things to be working with joined up collaborative partners. Uh, you know Neo and and Serica are. Um, you know, significant entities, and Neo's the fifth largest producer in in the UK and all see Serica's the tenth largest producer. Um, they've they've Neo's fully staffed the project team, um, and they're they're working at pace to 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 get this approved. So, it's 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 a very joined up partnership, um, which which works well, and and we're all aligned on on getting to uh, FTP approval. Have either, have either of your partners been involved in a kind of a, a recent approval of a um, a field or an FDP in the North Sea? Uh, yes, yes, Neo approved a, a, a tieback of, 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 of one of their assets uh, last year. Um, so absolutely. And and in fact, actually, our, our development teams have, have worked together in the past on, on previous projects and some of the largest projects in the North Sea. So just to the west of Bakken, uh, are two fields called uh, Buzzard and Golden Eagle. Buzzard's the largest oil producer in in the North Sea, and and our project teams uh, worked on those together at a previous company. So, you know, we are very joined up in that respect. You're, there's a there's a kind of a core Ithaca Energy element to your project team, isn't there? Ah, so yes, Ithaca Energy is um, uh, yes, I'm close to our heart. Uh, the uh, I was delighted to bring on uh, our chairman uh, Les Thomas. Uh, in uh, a couple of years ago, and 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 Les was the CEO of of, of Ithaca Energy uh, from the very early stage, uh, producing a couple of thousand barrels uh, through to um, producing over over eighty thousand barrels, uh, one of the largest producers in the North Sea, uh, and 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 he uh, helped uh, um, me bring and encourage. Uh, other key members of the Ithaca team to join. So Graham Forbes is our CFO, and Richard Smith is our chief commercial officer. And and we we so we've got a, I'd say a, a extremely strong team for a company of our nature uh, that is that is very capable of of taking projects forward like this. Yeah. Now you've kind of laid out the kind of the three year to production uh, scenario. Um, why should shareholders care now? I mean, why why should we buy shares now and why not wait until three years time I mean um, what are the catalysts that you think can come through in terms of value for an investor yeah so securing FTP approval is 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 a critical milestone uh, and and that's it this year event uh, even earlier than that uh, we we announced the the farm out to Serica uh, in in November last year and and we're due to complete on that so we've indicated that that's a, a Q1 completion event. Uh, which will bring in cash. I mean, I think it's important to uh, just go back and and outline to the investors what the 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 uh, the farm out terms that we secured, uh, because they they are excellent terms for our shareholders and 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 go some way to demonstrate uh, why this is a great value opportunity. Um, so the the terms that we secured with both Neo and Serica are replica terms, uh, and essentially there's a series of cash payments. Uh, that in total uh, are thirty-eight million dollars, uh, and those are uh, the, the, some of those are being paid uh, now. Some will be paid uh, on the Serica completion, uh, and some will be paid at FTP approval later this year. So, 
So we're expecting $38 million of cash, which is a, a significant amount of our current market cap uh, during the course of this year. Uh, and then, uh, and what, then, remind uh, me of your market cap. Our, our market cap today is around sixty or seventy million dollars. Uh, so, so around half our, our current cap uh, will be in cash. Um, and then, um, more importantly, uh, it's the carry associated uh, with um, the terms that we agreed. So, we started last year with one hundred percent of the Greater Buchan area. Uh, today, we have twenty percent. And and so we've sold eighty percent of the of the licenses uh, in return for uh, a series of carries. So a, a full carry through to FTP approval, and then a uh, full carry based on the uh, approved FTP budget uh, right the way through to first oil. And so our twenty percent um, carry is a is a material uh, benefit to our to our shareholders. Uh, we're currently estimating that the the capital cost to take this project to to first oil is, is roughly between eight hundred and fifty and nine hundred and fifty million pounds, uh, and so that twenty percent carry is is a material amount of of money um, that that um, we're funded for. Uh, so a huge opportunity for our shareholders. When does the budget kind of get set? You know, because um, you're you're not fully carried through to production come what may you're fully you're fully carried to um the fdb um um plan is that approved, right approved budget so at the point of uh, point of fdb approval uh the the uh the budget will be agreed uh and and that is the budget that we would be carried for yes um and that's after the f that's after the feed study yeah correct yeah that the, the feed study will will um will, will will sort of narrow in and secure that uh that actual cost estimate, um, and, and that's when you you, you know you you're contracting out all the main work, and so, and and there is of course contingency within there. So, so it's it's a, it'll be a very um, so well founded cost estimate, um, and and you're right to say there is a possibility of uh, of of a cost overrun uh, beyond that. I think we're quite well insulated. Partly, we 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 have. A significant amount of cash in the company, uh, and and then also uh, there is um, there is an investment allowance uh, that exists within the North Sea today uh, of ninety one pence in the pound, and so so actually you know if if there was a cost overrun, our, our, our we're quite well insulated uh, with respect to that. Um, and you said your cash position. I saw you put out an update on the at the end of January, uh, which said you had ten million pounds at the end of the year. Let's call it twelve million dollars. You add that to the thirty eight million dollars. You're looking at fifty million dollars. Kind of no, um, no, no, uh, no, no, no. That, that, no? That, the ten million pounds was with respect. Uh, we we had some, uh, some some cash payments coming in from the Neo uh, deal, uh, and so that that in total uh, was a little over eleven million dollars. Um, and and then um, and then we expect six point eight million dollars in on the Serica completion, uh, and then there's a final twenty million dollars uh, at FTP approval. So in in aggregate, it's thirty eight million dollars. Okay, and um, or to put it another way, we're expecting our cash at year end of this year uh, to be a little north of twenty five million pounds sterling. One, Andrew, when I look at the uh, the, 
the core nav that you've just described of the company, you said that there was kind of a cash element and $213 million from the attributable uh, portion of, of, of Bucken. Um, so your kind of core nav of around 250 is about four times your current market capitalization. So you're trading at a 75% discount to what you believe is kind of core nav. How can you justify that? And what do you expect will be the elements that help close that discount gap? Yeah, I, I think as we as we get um, the project sanctioned, as we move into the development phase, as we as we get closer to first oil, uh, that will naturally unwind. Um, and and we there is an element of of, of traveling and arriving. Uh, we've we've had a uh, a story that is is literally been built ground floor up. Um, so we've gone through the ebbs and flows of um, of the um, uh, the high risk phase, uh, and we're now transitioning into. Uh, a core value um, phase, uh, and so there is there is an opportunity for a a, a transition around uh, some of the investor base. Uh, we've got a very good supportive shareholder base uh, that is a, a mix of of um, uh, institutions, high net worth individuals. Uh, there's there's a retail tail, um, and 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 so uh, over time, I, I think that there will be some evolution in the share register. Uh, there's an opportunity for um, for um, stronger institutional support uh, now that we've de-risked uh, the project significantly, and we're we're moving into that sort of value phase uh, as we go through the development. And yeah, I mean, th- there is a there is an amazing disconnect between <laughs> uh, the 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 core value and, and and where we're currently trading. So I think there's a a huge opportunity uh, 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 as that unlocks as we as we tick off these milestones. Yeah. And you're on AIM. I've seen companies which have kind of coming into production, get very good volumes and kind of get good traction and get, get the backing of AIM. Are you still in the um, kind of the on the naughty step with kind of low liquidity and kind of slightly ignored by AIM? Or, um, you know, how, what's that relationship been like in the, in, in the last couple of years? Without question, the AIM market has been um, significantly sold into in, in the last couple of years. I think aim in the last couple of years is down uh, around 50 percent uh so it, it's it's not it's not easy it's not plain sailing um but there are there are plenty of diamonds in the rough and and uh, i'll be bold enough to think that uh, jersey oil and gas is one of those uh and and so it's a, it's a question of us getting out telling the story um and we've now got a really really exciting story to tell you know we've 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 done this um really difficult phase and uh, the exploration phase uh the the early kind of development phase bringing in really credible parties uh to come and join us being funded uh to take the project through to first oil these are real you know de-risk moments and and i i think the the market will will start to see that and and start to see the opportunity and um and that's exactly why i'm talking to you today well, Andrew, thank you very much for the interview. Um, good luck with the, the the year ahead. I think the next uh, major milestone will be the completion of the Serica um, farm out, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes. Well, good luck, and um, let's see what happens um, during the course of the rest of the year. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate the interview.